A simple thank you is just too small to tell of our appreciation for this brother, his example, and the gospel he preaches and still lives today. Thank you so much Brother Kenton for preaching the gospel to our family, not only in church and from the pulpit, but the echoes of holiness that you live in your everyday life. You and your family echo and radiate the joy in living a holiness life. And we just want to say, thanks. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 17 in the Bibles. Trust the Lord to help us. We'll help you tonight. Now your prayers. Uh, a hearty amen. God is testing for you tonight. The world is uh, moved in to many churches where they still have the name. They may try to justify the lifestyle, what they're doing. But they're still a uh, Holiness way. Amen. And an old time way. And it's a way called holiness. The unclean and not pass over. But it's for those. The wayfaring man. They're not there in it. Amen. I'm thankful for that highway. I like how you put it as a highway. Uh, highways in this life seem to be what we'd call a broadway. When I think of a highway, I think of a it's above it, Brother Norman. It's, it's above it. all the sin and corruption. It's something to strive for. It's elevated. It's, it's not down with the, the rest of the corruption. It's above that. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5, the Bible said, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, and a salt land not inhabited. Blessed is the man trust in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. He shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, for her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding. Uh, quite a contrast there. The Lord gave the picture of those that trusted in man and made the flesh his arm compared to the one that trusted in the Lord. One looked like was a dried up vine, a dried up vessel. While the other was a flourishing, going right on. Isaiah chapter 31 and verse 1. A few scriptures to get my foundation laid. Then the Lord help us, we're going to try to preach. Isaiah 31 and 1. The Bible said, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help, and stay on horses, and trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong, but they look not to the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise, and will bring evil, and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers, and against the help of them that work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men, and not God. And their horses flesh and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helpeth shall fall, and he that is hoping shall fall down, and they all shall fail together. I'd like to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Start reading in verse 14. I want to tell the church to keep praying for my brother-in-laws. I'd like to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. And they didn't make no commitment. They're not staying in our house. I guess they, they might come in a little while. If they don't, I will do my best to preach to the church. But I'd like to see conviction grip their hearts. Really would. I don't know what happened some years ago many years ago, but somewhere the devil got a foothold 
some hearts and it's been very difficult to talk to them today I was just burning some limbs and brush that's helped me and all I said was is I don't want to go to hell my help left me <laughs> amen but I like to see them get saved amen you never know when it's going to be our last opportunity it may not be tonight I'd like to see them be saved. I'm not there. We're somewhere else. We're in another scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 17. And I want to start reading in verse 14. It says, When thou art come to the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me, Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. But he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt. To the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord has said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. I'd like to take a simple text tonight. Lord, it help me. Horse trade in Egypt. There was a reason why. God put that there in Deuteronomy. He saw that the hearts of men, his people, and at one time they had a government called a theocracy. God was the ruler. God was the king. God was the supreme commander. And uh, he had judges to help with that. There was no king, but there come a day when and he knew it would happen. He told me to Deuteronomy that it would happen. If they would want to be like other nations, choose them out a king. He said, but that king must come from your own brother. That must be one I choose. Cannot be a stranger. And then he gave some admonitions concerning that king. Very needful ad admonition. Now, I didn't read all stipulations he gave the king. I read that one verse. He shall not multiply horses to himself shall not cause the people to return to Egypt so that they multiply horses to themselves and sure enough time came when as Samuel was the last judge the prophet Samuel and the people said we want a king like other nations and it bothered Samuel it grieved him he gave him the request God said go ahead and do it and God chose them out strong to be their king. Saul has died. David has died. We come to the reign of Solomon. One of the wisest kings, one of the wisest men on the earth. Does not matter your wisdom. We must go by the word of God. Amen. And there was a reason why. God didn't want them multiplying horses. I'm sure from a king's standpoint, looking at the strategy of the other nations and their warfare, to the natural man, horses probably got the place they seem like it's almost needful. Stay with me, saints. I need this foundation, all right? They seemed almost needful to win victory. Not faster than a footman. You're up on a horse, you got a, the advantage of being higher than the uh, footman. And where the enemies had horses and chariots, I'm sure it looked like this is the way to go. Even if we have to go to Egypt to get a horses, the trade farm there. David succeeded without him. Amen. Saul made it without him. Solomon Kings I want to start reading there in 1st Kings chapter 3 
I want the Lord to help me tonight. I know I'm starting slow. If you could see my heart, I, I was about to jump through myself. I mean, I, uh, uh, be real easy to jump into this real fast. But there's a danger in trading horses in Egypt. And God saw there was. Amen. Now, I'm real quickly give you Solomon's rundown. It's real fast. Then we'll try to get to the message. First Kings chapter 3 and verse 1. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, I want to turn to chapter 10 and verse 28. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt and linen yarn. The king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price. And a chariot came up, went out of Egypt for 600 shekels of silver, and that horse for 150. And so for all the kings of the Hittites, for the kings of Syria, did they bring them out by their means? I want you to notice, he got to trading horses in Egypt. He made an affinity with the, with the king of Egypt of Pharaoh for a purpose. He wanted some of his horses. I'm sure Solomon must have known what the Bible said. You shall not multiply horses to yourself, and you shall not cause the people return to Egypt to multiply horses unto them. But they not only buy horses for themselves, but they also for the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. Did they bring them out by their means? But it cost them a price. I hope you highlight that. Circle underline it. They got the horses at a price. It cost them something. Moving on down, chapter 11 and verse 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, Women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. Of the nations concerning what the Lord said to the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after other gods. Solomon claimed unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. And Solomon went after Asherah, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And Solomon... Excuse me. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not which that which the Lord commanded. I want to stop right there. I can finish on reading to verse 13. Finish out that paragraph. There's been many men in the Bible that fell and rose again. Some that I wonder how could have ever done it. But you'll find Samson's name in Hebrews chapter 11. You'll find it there. You'll find Jephthah's name. But you won't find Solomon's. I ain't found it there. Amen. And saints, it started with some horse trading in Egypt. Some things that didn't look so bad. Some things that didn't look all that harmful. Surely we can get by with it. Others are doing it. We can do it. I want to tell you, God did not want them going back to Egypt. He brought them out. Egypt is the top of the world. It is the top of sin. 
Safety brought us out. He don't want us going back. He don't want us trained in Egypt. I don't care how necessary the horse may seem. There are things in Egypt that we don't need to go back to. There are things in Egypt that he brought us out from. There are other things besides horses that are there. Our children don't need to be around it. Our wives don't need to be around it. Listen to me. There's things in Egypt that we don't need. But if he can entice us to come back to Egypt to do some horse trading, he'll make a bargain. He'll cost you a price. And it could be your soul. Oh, God, help me. Help me. I'm sure Solomon must have justified it a million time as he looked around and saw his vast kingdom and said, we're outnumbered. We're outmanned. We're needing the advantage. Others of God, he was looking at it from a carnal mind and felt like this is the way to go. He was trusted in the arm of flesh. I don't find Solomon winning many victories. Really don't. I don't see him in a warrior. He may have had the horses, Brother Norman. And he may have the chariots. But he did not have the victory. Help us, God, to recognize there's still danger in Egypt. There are some reasons why God put this in Deuteronomy. And I believe it's good for us tonight. He said, love not the world. Neither things are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't serve God and horse trade in Egypt. You can't handle his wares and his products. They'll bring your soul down. I don't know the scheme Pharaoh had to pull Solomon in to trade with him. I don't know what he done. But I'm seeing some Egyptians do some mighty wily things to get God's people to start trading in Egypt. Amen. Glory. Help me, Jesus. I hope, Brother Ronnie, I can be a smiley tonight. Glory. He said, Brother Steve McBurnett, preach all over your toes and smile while you're doing it. I'm not trying to get all over your toes tonight. I'd like to warn you, there's things in Egypt. You don't need Egypt horses, but there are other things in Egypt that we're not needing that they'd like to sell to us. If we're not careful, we'll be enticed. We'll be drawn to start dealing and dealing with the world and bargaining. I want you to remember, they got it at a price. It wasn't 150 shekels. I was a word about it. But where's your victory, Solomon? Where's God walking in the midst? Where's the power of God? in the kingdom. I saw a kingdom going down and it started with a little horse train. The devil's trying to sell the church a bill of goods. Amen. Lord, he's out to get your soul. Amen. Help me, Jesus. If he has to put Christian on it. Amen. If he can just get you to buy it. That's all he's in need. Lord, I wonder how far some people would go with that. Put Christian on it. Put it in the religious section. Amen. And all of a sudden, it's all right. I want to tell you, if Egypt's anywhere in there, you and I don't need it. If it's of the world, let us run from it. It's going to come at a price, and it'll be our very own soul. Let us run. Oh, it's concerned me. I haven't made a hobby horse out of any of these things, I don't think. But where is? Where is some of these fashions coming in amongst us? Where are we getting these ideas of how to dress? Is it in Israel? Or is it in Egypt? Are you helping me, church? Are you with me? Do you see which way I'm going? Our little boys come to church, and if we're not careful, somewhere they've been down in Egypt, and they've seen their house styles, they've seen their dress styles, and they want to mock it, they want to go with it. I don't want my boys looking like Egyptians. I want them looking like Hebrews. I want them to look like little children of God. Lord, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Lord, one of my little boys has a pants given to him. He kept them pulled up. 
but they weren't designed for him to be pulled up. Amen. They said his thighs, but they was way too big. How them pockets is struck him back almost to the knee down there. Oh, he loved wearing them things. I catch you trying to put them on all the time. I said, them things got to go in the trash. Them ain't golly. Them are the world. I don't want to see them, my boys. I don't want them looking like Egyptians. But they might be modest. They might have. But they weren't intended to be modest. Glory. I heard. Somebody told me this information. I didn't read it for myself. But this style these boys were in their britches. Look like about to fall off. They told me that come from the prisons. Now how far in Egypt do you want to go to horse trade? Huh? You know which inmates were of them? The ones we call limp wrist. Uh-huh. The ones that might be in sissified. It was a sign for all the other men. I am available. And you want you the boy to dress like that? God forbid, no. Let him dress like a Hebrew. Amen. Let him walk like a Hebrew. Let him walk like a Christian. Let him talk like it. So look and act like a man. It's no time to go to Egypt. Too many things to learn. While you're down in Egypt, we ought to run from it. To never go back. Lord, help me, Jesus. How these boys learn all these ball players' names. What positions they run or play. What scores. I tell you where they learn it. They've been down in Egypt somewhere. And they've been doing some horse training now. I'm telling you, it'll come at a price. And it's your soul. You can't keep the victory and keep up with the sports world. Can't do it. You can't do it. There's no mixture there. God's not in the middle of that. It'll sap your victory. You may come and testify every service. You may act like you're doing all so well. But you know your soul is a starving. If the sports page is a pulling you, you better get rid of it and run from Egypt. The horse train's going to cost your soul. Boys, let's keep our hair neat. Modest. Right. Let's keep our side burnt where they need to be. I'm not trying to be mean. The devil likes to slip in. Say they're doing it. They're getting by. But we don't want to look like the world. We don't want to act like the world. We want God to honor us. We want God to pull his brothers down. Yes, I'd like to sing a shout. But we got to take care of the horse train first. I had the same temptations growing up as you do, boys. Sure did. Style burns went down there then. I wasn't a style. That was before my time. But they're back in style. And it's amazing. You can tell those who was horse trained in Egypt. Hey, man, you watch the generations. They go down to here, then they go off to there. There is no medium. There is no steadfastness. They're just following the world. However the world goes, that's how they go. And that's me to know somebody's spending too much time in Egypt. You're taking on Egyptian ways. It's going to come and come at a price. I remember before the cyborgs went to here and they was I was little, but they was, they was here. Some call them pork chop or lamb chop sideburns. Brother Rick Pollock said it better than I've ever heard anybody say it. So I'm going to quote him tonight. He said, the only reason a man needs a three-inch sideburn is to have a six-inch ear. <laughs> Lord, Lord, amen. And he shouted while he said it. He hooped and hollered. And I amen him. What was he saying? Get some moderation about you. Get yourself in Israel. And stay there. See God for God's ways. Get on your face and beg and cry. And pray with God for his favor. And his unction. And his anointing. For that's the only place that's going to get up in you. Lord, if you want the Holy Ghost... If you're open to your 
people. You can't trade horses in Israel. You've got to run from it. You've got to flee from it. You say, I'm not be outnumbered. I'm not be a disadvantage. If you're trusting the Lord, you've got all your knee on their side. If everybody has that, all right, you've got the Lord. I understand what it's like in public school, too, sister. I graduated from one of them, good things. Amen. I know what it's like to walk in my sophomore year to a big old high school, and they called the Duck School. They rolled the joints. I watched them do it in the drafting class, and they didn't get to it for doing it. Man, I walked through the foyer, be by myself. Just say, Grandpa, I wasn't bald-headed then either. Amen. Grandpa, they was making fun of us. I didn't dress like they dressed. I didn't act like they dressed. The way they acted, they knew I wasn't from Egypt. I was being adopted by Jesus Christ. I was somewhere else. They could recognize. They looked at me like I'm all today. But I didn't care. I had God on my side. And that is what matters. Young people, you need the favor of God more than you need anything else. More than anything else. Amen. Oh, I liked it. When the teachers patted me on the back, said, you're doing good. You're a good student. I liked the awards. Somewhere between junior high and high school, Brother Norman, that a separation brought. I didn't change. Just drew closer to God. I still run as fast as I used to. I was still just, good, just as good a sportsman as I was before. Still studied as hard as school as I went. But I didn't go to Egypt. You mean you weren't at the ball game Friday night to support our team? And that, that coach was the history teacher. And quote, a Christian. Amen. And just want me to horse trade in Egypt. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I may not get the history award, but oh, Brother Norman, glory to kneel down beside my bed at night and the Holy Ghost settled all over me. Glory. And open up His Word and it come to life. Amen. Glory. To set that drafted class and them hippies come back there. I'm on that stone and look me straight in the eye and say, Kidding, was there really a Jesus Christ? Did He really die for our sins on the cross? I can say, Danny Nath, Red Marshall, He did. And He did it for you. And I have to bear an eye because I had peace and they did. Struggle me. Struggle me. Where are some of these things coming in at? What's going on? Where are these getting these ideas at? Where are these things coming in at? The only thing I can figure out with the normal somebody has been down in Egypt and they've been a horse train. And they've come back with Egyptian ways and ideas. And it seems so intelligent. It seems so fine. And it seems so good. Let me go ahead and nail it. While I'm a nail it. Be careful what you read. Just because it's in a Christian bookstore does not make it edifying and godly. I ain't been stupid in nobody's bookcase neither. Nobody's been telephoning me neither. I'm just out here and wide open. All right? But I do know what I have picked up. What I have thumbed through and said, uh-oh, uh-oh. Do know what I have listened to and said, uh-oh, uh-oh. This ain't Hebrew. This is Egyptian. This ain't going together. One person didn't understand somebody used the term G and Han. Them are not curse words or bow words. That means they ain't moving together to the right and the left. This ain't you to the Spirit of God. There's a heaviness come over me. This ain't edifying. This is very central. They may tell you it gives you a lot of history of Israel. It may give you a lot of information about 
the coming of the Lord and the end time. If it's got a central strand in it, you better look out. It's got Egypt brought all over it. When there is time spent on how that ungodly woman is attired, that details, hey, I wasn't raised with the TV. I won't give you ones that have been raised with one. A little information tonight. If you've been raised with the TV, you've been handicapped. Because you've had a picture all your life. I didn't have that. And I opened a book, go to read it, Brother Norman. I paint the picture. And the better that author is, the clearer that image is. Are you hearing me tonight? And we teach our children. You better not get around that TV. You don't need it. And many of them love to read books. And they open them books up. And you may have bought it at a family Christian bookstore. But if it's a novel, that's got a love story interwoven in. And it's essentially talking about that. I'm going to tell you, your horse trained in Egypt. There are things being planted. And it comes at a price. I had a book loaned to me. I'm talking about a book that if you want anything to unveil the technology today toward the mark of the beast, it unveiled it. Brother Norm, about three-fourths into that, has a love first struck up between a man, a married man, and another woman. It wasn't talking about her red dress and her high shoes and how all the men's heads turned when she walked in the restaurant. And if you ain't a TV watcher, you start painting a picture. And it's a very central picture. You done stepped into the horse train booth. You done took a bed. Amen. Lord. Help me, God. Help me, God. I said, this ain't going to work. This ain't good for Kenton. Let's shut that book up. I don't have to know how the story ends. I don't have to know the rest of the story. I don't like this. It's to pull me toward Egypt. I've come out of there. I've left it. I don't want to be in them chains no more, Sister Janet. I don't want to be shackled down. I like liberty. I like the shout. I like to feel God's presence. And that a time we do. Glory. Parents, you don't check out what your children's reading. Look at it. Skim through it. I had my children. A book was wrong to them years ago. Years ago. They said, Sister So-and-so gave it to us. Daddy, it'll probably be all right. My wife said, would you at least proofread it? I did take development of reading. Man, I'm deeper than sorry than I thought I'd be. I learned how to speed read. You don't speed read the Bible, but you can speed read a book. It wasn't very long. Uh oh. They're not married. They might have been engaged, but that wouldn't excused it. That girl sitting in that man's lap. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, my boys don't need to be reading that. My girls don't need to be reading that. And they call themselves Christians. But that's Egyptian ways. Are you hearing me, saints? Where did that come from? You didn't find that from God's good book. It's got a higher standard than that. To stoop so low. We're a boy and a girl. And finds herself in central positions. And enjoying it. And calling themselves Christians. I appreciate Brother Mark. When James talked to him. Before you ever... Call it date court, court and Courtney. I locked her in. If I understood Brother Mark right, he told my son James, it'll be a hands off relationship. Amen. James said, That's all right with me. Lord, if we're going to hold to that, amen, and we are saints, ain't we, James? If we're going to hold to that, can we do it? Are reading ungodly stuff where they're not doing it? And we'll find ourselves asking ourselves these questions. They're doing it there in a Christian book. Why can't I get by with it? I'm here to remind you that's an Egyptian author. He's not really a Hebrew, he's an imposter. And he's moved in trying to get some souls. 
Oh, horse trader don't mind. He'll change names. He'll change titles. He'll move in any direction he's got to move just to make a sound with you. Where's all these styles come from anyway? Tight-fitting skirts, tight-fitting blouses, and splits, and low necks and thins, and all of that. Where'd it come from? It didn't come from Israel. Are you hearing me? It came from Egypt. Let's don't be trading horses in Egypt. Let's run from it. Brother, I wish you'd preach at meekness. I'm trying to. But normally I want to. I want to preach it. Oh God. With enough concern though. In the midst of trying to be meek. That my boys and my girls are recognized. You can't go to Egypt to buy horses. There's other things beside horses there. It was bad enough for Solomon to buy horses there. I noticed he wasn't only getting horses. He got linen. There was things that come with it at a price. And then I read in the next chapter, he got him a wife there. He wasn't just looking at the horses. Amen. That's why we don't believe in going to rodeos. I don't care what preacher does it. That's why we don't believe in going to skating rinks. I don't care what churches do it. That's why we don't go to the movie theaters. I don't care what's showing there. Are you hearing me? That's in Egypt. And our children are only be looking at the horses there. But they look at the other wares that they've got there with the horses. The sows and the tacks. The girls and the boys. If you please to bring their soul down. It all started with a desire for a horse. Solomon found himself many wives, heathen wives, and they turned his heart. What a price. What a price. He had gave the 150 shekels back, surely, for that soul, but the bargain had been made. I looked at it, a man so wise, a man so wise could write I get them mixed up was it 3,000 proverbs and a thousand and five songs and yet go to Egypt to buy horses and get a wife and get linens help me God help me God Just as innocent as can be. But there may be a Joe come to church that is not innocent. Does not have innocent thoughts. He's from Egypt. He'd like to drag your girl there. Why not throw up a barrier? Throw up a fence. Amen. Amen. That the Hebrews would dissolve and not the Egyptians. Oh, God, help us tonight. Please direct us, Lord. I'm not near through. I must move on. If the Lord direct me, if he'll help me, such a wise man. But he got caught trading horses in Egypt and it cost him his soul. So far I just dealt with the badness of being in Egypt by itself. I want to key in on them horses now. Verse 17 of chapter 33 says, and horse and horse. It's the only time, school children, you'll see an and used when it's not a vowel. And that's when you've got an H word beside it. Amen. If it's anything, any other constant, it'll start with an A. And horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his strength. Why in the world anybody? I'll tell you why others was doing it. Others like this prosper with it. The heathen army grew bigger. It looked like there's an advantage. Before a child of God, we don't trust in the horses. They're a vain thing. We put our trust in the name of the Lord. And it's He alone that gets the honor. And He alone will bring the victory. 
Did David need a horse to kill the giant? You're going to think I'm mean by the force over with, but I'm not. I ask God to help me be a faithful watchman to look for the lions and the bears. And could I say the horse traders? The horse traders? Well, James, I'm going to see some of these experiences around here. If I can get you to recognize the Egyptians from the Christians, the Hebrews, get you to recognize the horses, get you to recognize the wares, the devil's son, our young people, and our moms and dads, that we would turn from it and run to God, we can see some experiences. Horse is a vain thing. It looked needful. It looked necessary. David didn't need it. Saul didn't need it. When was it? Was it the Ammonites? They come against Jabez Gilead, and they said, "Would you make? Let's make a treaty with you." Says, "Trust that your right eye." They said, "For help." Saul didn't need horses. God brought the victory. In fact, we read last night. Was it last night, children? For last, Jonathan and his armor bearer, two men alone with no horses, stepped out toward the Philistines' camp. They said, Come unto us, we'll show you a thing. And about the space of a half acre, they slew 20 men. And the Bible said the earth began to quake. God stepped into battle, and the host began to tremble. The powers of darkness was brought down, and God's people won, and they didn't need horses to do it. I'm seeing a horse trader trying to sell a bill of goods because I'm holding his people. I'm here to shout a warning again. You don't need it to have the victory. I can see the advantage of the horse for the Norman. They're not afraid of the battle. They paw and snort at it. They don't flee from it. I read about in Job. Looked like they just took it on. Hey Amen. They don't smell the smoke and they'd paw the ground. They'd snort and they'd fight. You put a guy on the back of them, look, he's got the advantage. I'm telling you, if God ain't helping you fight, a horse is a vain thing for help. Amen. But it looked necessary, didn't it? Does it not to a strategy? Does it not look to a king that was concerned about the defense? I'm talking about from a carnal standpoint, from an earthly mind, it looked necessary. And the devil is trying to sell the holiest people another horse. And it's called the internet. And he is making it look so necessary. You can't do business hardly without it. My dad told me he's changing banks. He went into his bank, cashed a check, and they said, don't you have an ATM card? He said, no, I don't want one. Aren't you on the internet? He said, no, I don't even have a computer. He said, they got so snotty with me, I'm going to take my business somewhere else. He said, I don't have to have that. That's the devil's bill of goods. That's the horse he's trying to sell the saints. Amen. It looks like a mighty horse. Like a horse fit for the battle. It looks like a horse that take on anything. It's so convenient. It's so necessary. We can go anywhere in the world and do anything. And it seems so safe. And it's full of so much pornography. It's full of so much filth. It's full of so much Egypt. I'm here to tell you, you don't want your children there. You don't want your wife there. You don't want your husband there. But he's telling you, you're needed. Sad part of it is, I mean, he's buying into it. Amen. Many's buying into it. I had a preacher sitting at a funeral one time tell me. But he let in on them preachers that preach against the internet. I mean, he'd been cleaning their power. How simple-minded they was, how ignorant. I just told him I'll preach against them. I guess I'm ignorant. Internet. How I many he'd been cleaning their power? How simple-minded they was, how ignorant. I just told him I'll preach against them. I guess I'm ignorant. He said, oh, you do. You know why I didn't budge him a bit? You know what his next comment was? You ever get anointed preacher against to send me a tape? 
I'll probably never send him a tape. Probably won't. I probably won't. Looks like he's already biting into it. He's got horses on his mind. He's got convenience on his mind. He's got business on his mind. He's got Egypt on his mind. I'm running from it. I ain't got time for things. There's too much world in it. There's too much filth in it. We must run from it. I hear on the radio advertisements. Your children don't have to go looking for it. It comes looking for them. They advertise that. They're trying to advertise a block, I understand. But the statistics are backing them up. We will have to apologize to every preacher. Preach against TVs. And we amen them if we can't preach against the internet. What the TV's doing to turn up the homes, polluting the children's minds, has not touched what the internet is doing across America and across this world. Amen. It's a horse. It's a Trojan horse. There's a prize in the cracker box. Are you hearing me? It's an ugly surprise. It's full of poison. There's death in it. It'll bring you down. I don't care what church has it in. It seems not doing well. I'm here to tell you, they're trained in Egypt. Things on the surface sometimes is not what it seems. Amen. They may have a strong wall up. Every other point. Mark my words. You let the Trojan horse inside that city. And a little while that city's going down. Pastor told a friend of mine. I know the man. Preach for the man. I believe it's three churches he's pastored at least. And he said, brother, in every one of my churches, I've had married men and women in affairs. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Somebody's swapping horses in Egypt. And for a price. Lord. It's just too convenient with email systems to get there without the other parties not knowing it. Start for these little chats. And before Solomon knew it, he had some linen with the horse. He had some wives with the horse. And it was turning his heart. I never have understood it, Brother Norman. We could tear TV up for its pollution. And I had a grandma, a Church of Christ great-grandma, Camelites, what they call them. She had a TV in her home. She told my dad and the family, all I watch is the news. And we still preached against it. My dad, I asked my dad about it. I said, Daddy, Granny Woolsey's a good woman, is she not? All she's watching is the news. What's wrong with that? I told him he's a little boy, but I've been exposed to the horse, you see. That's a fine-looking horse, Daddy. That's innocent enough. He says, son, if, if that's all she's watching. And that neighbor come walking down the street and watches everything else and sees that blue light flashing, what's he going to think? Dad never thought of that. Never thought of that. That was just the beginning of it. Then he went to the commercials in between the newscast. And then he went to be an accident and left on while somebody else comes in there and turns it on. What if you're gone and not there and somebody comes in and turns it on? What are you going to do about it then? What if they go somewhere where there ain't educational stories or movies, whatever's on there? I know about when Daddy got through. I was wanting to say I said no wicked thing before my eyes. I don't care how pretty the horse is. I don't need his saddle. I don't need his stirrups. I don't need his bridle. I don't need the TV. And they tell me, the internet is thousands of times worse. Who was it, Brother Ray Asher? 
The last account he knew, and that was escalating monthly. The last account he knew in his inner Bible, over nine million porno spots on the internet. That's jobs. Not counting the chat rooms, where much of the corruption starts. I was talking to a, a brother not long ago about the internet, a pretty lengthy discussion, quite involved discussion, and we weren't agreeing, but we weren't getting in a bad spirit, neither one of us. All right, we just maintain our own. And he said, brother, you have told me that you preached against it and you don't have the internet or email. He said, I've heard other pastors who said they preached against it and they had just the email. He said, I want to tell you, brother, their children is writing and doing things on email. I won't let my own girls do and I'm on the internet. Poor straight. Poor straight. Amen. They wonder why all of a sudden they're in a fix. They're embarrassed. How do you say it? They got egg all over their face. They can't get it wiped off fast enough. They're in trouble. Somebody's trading horses. Now, let me show you the necessity of it. How far can we go with our business without it? That's the same thing Solomon probably asked him with his warfare. How can we defeat the enemy without them? Everybody else is doing it. The world's moving that way. I want to tell you, David didn't have to have it again. Saul didn't have to have it. <laughs> when it comes time to the point where you've got to have it, don't be surprised if there ain't a price that goes with it. It's called a number, 666, or a mark, beast, or the name of the beast that comes with it. And you won't be able to buy or sell without it. I ain't saying the internet is the beast. I'm just saying it comes with the price. If we can get in that mode, we've got to do it to stay up with the times. We've got to do it to fit in. Whatever happened to trust in the Lord is it Psalms. Once again, chapter 20, I believe it is. Let me turn there. Verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we'll remember the name of the Lord our God. I want to tell you, in depression time, when there was no work and there was no internet, Grandma prayed until God fed. Grandpa sought God until the bills was paid. It'll still work for the saints of God if we're willing to put our trust and our honor and our life in His hands. Whatever happened to trusting the Lord? Whatever happened to seeking God until He moved? I'm telling you, saints, you don't miss the water till the well runs dry. Once you're used to a thing, it's hard to step down. Amen. If you've never had it, it don't bother you as bad. Amen. Now having TV never bothered me because I didn't have it. Well, my little boy would sneak around the neighbor's house, but outside that, these people is hooking up, getting online, getting on the worldwide web, setting themselves in a trap. I'm convinced of it. This not a, we've talked about adultery being hard to get out of. Brother Norman, I've seen a net spread that's much thicker than adultery. And it's moved into our churches. People are horse trading with it. They're doing it. It's pulling people's minds from things that draw closer to God. The things of the world. Bigger bucks. The Bible says when riches increase, set not thy heart on them. Amen. But the devil's man look like you need the horse. You must have the horse. You mean you're getting by without the horse? You're going to be defeated. I'll trust in the Lord. We talk about trusting the Lord for our healing. Whatever happens, trusting for our finances. Whatever to him trusting about our whole life. It concerns me when I don't see victory in hearts. I wonder whether they've been trading that. What's going on? Where's that hoop? Where's that shout? It'll do some good to do some lessons. 
with Isabel Coon in a little book by searching. Raised by a Methodist preacher, I believe it was. She walked away from it. So I just been agnostic. I ain't gonna know whether I believe in God or not until he proves himself to me. They found herself in a dry, thirsty land. Barren land. In the course of her life, God began dealing with her. God saved her soul. And I believe she got a good experience. Stay with me now. In a little while, she tried some things she used to try. I think card playing was one of them. Jacks and spades. And played up into the night. Went to read her Bible before she went to bed. And that same glory wasn't there. That same peace wasn't there. God, where you at? I felt you before. Where you at? What caused this separation? What caused this barrenness? And her mind began to play back the card playing. God, if that's what it is, I'll fold it up. I'll fold it up. Oh, I think she tried dancing before. And same thing, it didn't work. God leading her step by step. Step by step. And I'm wondering how people are doing it today. What are they doing? Has there been a rider added to the horse? A fine looking saddle? A familiar spirit? A familiar spirit? They don't cost you no consecration. They don't cost you no dedication. You can carry right on. Dabble with the Egyptians. Trade horses with them. And still shout a little bit. Oh, the tongues may not be the same. The unction may not be the same. But you're feeling some kind of spirit. You're feeling some kind of emotionalism. I'm not saying you're backslid. I'm saying beware. The horses come at a price. I can't prove nothing. I don't know. I've never been on the internet in all my life that I know of. One time, dabbled with it. The closer I came to it was Aaron got a phone. And when he got it, it had the internet on it. No pictures, just words. Brother Norman, I took him off to the bedroom. I said, son, push in chat room. Just the names of the chat room. My boy said, I don't need that, Daddy. We're going to town next week and getting off of this thing. Amen. My brother told me, I want about when your phones have to have screens on them and there's the internet has to come with them. I said, I have to do without my phone, I guess. Are we ready to pay that price? I'm asking you now. Are we willing to pay that price? The devil's drawing this net in closer and closer on us, just like he did Solomon. Closer to home. He's going to make it mandatory somewhere. We're going to have to discern when to get off the horse. Stay out of Egypt. Amen. I'm satisfied with the Norman. If it's got to have the internet, keep my phone. I can do it without a cell phone. Saints, if you need me, just pray that God will move. I'll be spiritual enough that God will move on me when you need prayer. Amen. I see we're going back to the old time ways before we get out of this place. Amen. We're not needing another horse. We're needing God. We're not needing another invention, a newfangled thing to make life a little smoother. If ever an hour, we're needing the Holy Ghost since it's this hour. Can I call a name and not be too bad tonight? Last week, Brother Stanley looked at us board members. And he said, Brother, our holiness preacher's walking on the internet. The David Perry spoke up and said, Not at Chelsea. I said, Not at Roland. He said, well, I had a Baptist tell me he had a pastor just run him down and clean his plow up, work him over for mentioning anything about the internet. He said, well, I'm going to know where we're at. I, he did not call the pastor's name. I don't know who he was. I'm giving you a warning. There's danger going to Egypt. It looks so innocent. Watch a few horses going to hurt us. That's that wife. We found that email address in her husband's billfold. There's another woman in the church. Ask her. Ask that child who was just having fun surfing the net. And all of a sudden, his little mind was exposed to such filth and vulgarity. They're hard. Without the help of God, he may not ever get it out. Ask that preacher who one time had potential of making it somewhere with God. <laughs> 
that fell because he got hooked to pornography because he could get by himself with nobody watching him and feed on the filth. It will sap your energy. It will sap your victory. Brother, where's the answer? Josiah stepped on his throne. Was he eight years old? Began to clean out the house of God. And I noticed he destroyed the horses that had been given to the sun idol worship. It was at the door of the temple. Them horses probably wasn't that far in Solomon's day. They weren't in the house of God, said Tina. But somewhere between Solomon's day and Josiah's day, they went from just being horses of warriors and battle horses to idolatry and worshiping the sun. And Josiah had to clean the house of God. That pastor who made the admission of all the affairs told my friend, I didn't used to preach against the internet, but I'm having to do it now. I've got to clean out the church house. And the deacon told my friend, it's too late. It's too late. It's done, got its claws in a congregation. It's done, set fast. They can't pull away from it. They don't, they're not spiritual enough to see the harm there and the danger. Saints, if you've been trading horses in Egypt, can we have a horse slain tonight? Books, dresses, oh, God help us, cassette tapes, surely not videos. Move it right on in. What's it keeping you from reaching victory? Sports page, ball games, fads and fashions. Where do I stop it, Brother Norman? What do you pray up against when you're praying? What are you trying to justify during the day? Keeps you from the presence of God. You've excused it. Could it be men, women, as Josiah was? It's time to kill it. It's time to kill it. Brother, do you realize what it cost me? Do you realize sacrifice I'll be making I don't care if it is OU or Texas or Arkansas Solomon lost his children Solomon lost his soul what would a man give in exchange for his soul what would it profit a man with to gain the whole soul? Lose his soul. What would it cost? What would it cost? Would it cost you more than it cost Christ to save you? He became poor that we might be rich. The pastor asked me. He said, "Brother, I preach against it in the homes." He did. And he said, it bothers me us moving in. He said, where are we going to draw the line at? Well, if it's on the job, we've got to have for a business. We've got to be on it for a business. He just asking. He said, brother, I got all the answers. But whatever happened to make a sacrifice for Christ? Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to stepping down? Take a digging job. Huh? What happened? Just have God's favor. Whatever happened to that kind of consecration? Whatever happened to that kind of sacrificing? For his sake, not for kittens. His. He gave his all for us. Should we do any less? Should we do any less? I know. The horse is marching out there for nothing. It's a high stepping. It's got a good step. But it comes with the price. And it's not worth that price. It's not worth it. I've done my best, saints. I've done my best. I don't know where everybody's at tonight. 
we are in the closing hours. It's time to take inventory with their own souls. I may not even touch your little horse. God knows where it's at. He knows what part of Egypt is pulling at you. And I wish you'd go with me tonight as we come to pray up Calvary's hill. And could we kneel at the cross? Could we get there? And look at the price Christ paid for you and I, our redemption. And Terry, right there, as the horse traders doing their bed, calling out the pits. And look once again at the blood that bought your soul. Is there any horse worth that trade? Is Sing, sister. Come on, sing. Oh, oh, oh.